Well, welcome to Good Ideas. Uh, it's from your pals at Ideas Incorporated. Uh, my name is Brian Ringer. I'm a wordsmith and big idea guy here at uh, Ideas. And uh, with Good Ideas, we're starting from the idea that credit unions do a lot of good in the world. Plus, they're also a strong and sustainable business model. Uh, so we're exploring good ideas, both inside and outside the credit union world, that can do a lot of good while also being good business. Um, and today, I really I have the the high honor, the privilege <laughs> of uh, speaking with uh, I'm going to call you the credit union warrior, Denise Wymore. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Matt Davis. Matt Davis was a sea warrior, but he's oh, actually left right. the credit union movement, so I get to be that now. So you get to be the talk. warrior. I thought about warrior queen, warrior princess, but you know we just stuck with warrior. Like um, and I know you said something about cheerleader on your LinkedIn profile, but no, I, I think uh, yes. I think we need to go a little hardcore here. Uh, and then Denise has been, you know, passionate within the credit union movement since she started as a teller and, and, and just, just been a force of nature ever since and a lot of different roles. And I'm not going to try to list every one of them. Um, and Denise, I hope that wasn't too much hype. <laughs> <laughs> no. I do love me some credit unions. 41 years this year. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't want to say the word, the, the years, okay. but <laughs> I'm, and, I'm happy to age. <laughs> yeah. And you're you're currently working with uh, QCash Financial, and uh, it's a QSO that is doing some really amazing work with uh, financial inclusion is kind of the big umbrella that that's under, mm-hmm. uh, or connecting credit unions and people you know, to the people who need them most. And I'm sure we'll hear more about QCash and so forth. Um now, Denise and I have done a lot of blogging and writing and thinking in the credit union space, and and we've we've had parallel thoughts and and on and many times. Uh, there's something kind of new that I didn't know much about, uh, which is uh, de novo credit unions, uh, credit unions, new credit unions, credit unions starting from scratch. I, not even something I'd thought about for a long time, and. Um, Denise is doing some exciting work with de novo credit unions. Uh, yes, they're still needed. Yes, they can still happen. Um, and and yes, there's something that everybody should support. Um, so, Denise, I guess I'll turn it over to you. Tell us about de novo credit unions and tell us, yeah. you know, what you're up to and 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 what what's you know what's next. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting because I didn't really give much thought to DeNovo's either until I think it was about three years ago when I was with Nick Cuso and Randy Carnes, who is the CEO of CU Answers, um, talked to Jack Antonini, the CEO of Nick Cuso, at our like annual kind of planning powwow about what he calls the Cuso Challenge. There's actually a website, cusochallenge.org. And in there, he has five initiatives, but one of them was DeNovo's. And if I did, I just like, I had to Google to know if I didn't know what that meant. And so I'm like, oh, brand new credit unions, huh? Interesting. And then I heard him say at a underground conference that in any industry where there are no new entrants and there is a consolidation of the existing companies, that signals the beginning of the end of that industry. And that was like cold water in my face. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're merging, I think, at more than one a day. Last year, we started one credit union. Um, This year, there's been, I think, two chartered. And it's true. I mean, you do the math on it, and we are going to disappear. If credit unions go away, QSOs go away, trade associations are already consolidating, you know, trades go away. It's not good for anyone, right? It's absolutely not good for anyone. And yet, why why isn't it more of a discussion? So I set out to do a bunch of interviews. I just wanted to know what were... What was the, it, why, why aren't there any credit unions? And so I interviewed people who tried and failed, who tried and just bailed, gave up, and the few that actually made it. And I kind of, you know, cracked the code on, on what was the issue. And there's several, but, you know, first of all, there's not a single trade association or group today that anyone can turn to. You know, the state leagues don't do it anymore. CUNA doesn't. Filene never, you know, really wasn't really their job. Um, It's not the NCUA's job to start new credit unions. It's their job to, you know, approve the charters and to regulate them and to provide the insurance. But it's kind of a, um, what is it, like a demand, supply and demand. You know, I mean, there aren't that many 
de novos that are trying to start for anyone to say, oh gosh, we should really like hire a person to make this a department. And that's one of the big hurdles, okay? And so then the other hurdle, of course, was the NCUA process was very confusing, laborious, uh, just getting the charter definition, you know, it was it was difficult. And then the third and, and the biggest hurdle for so many credit unions to overcome is they need about a million dollars worth of capital to even, uh, uh, so NCOA will even allow them to open the doors. And a million dollars is a lot of money. And a lot of these credit unions have to get it the old fashioned way by fundraising. So the few of the credit unions that I talked to that actually did get chartered, it wasn't unusual to hear that the process was anywhere from three to eight years for them to get chartered. It was nuts. And then some of the other things that I heard in, in my interviews that were stunning to me, um, and no surprise on this one, but a lot of accrediting CEOs that they reached out to kind of for mentoring and guidance and you know perhaps some help, um, they all pretty much said the same thing. Like, well, we would love to take you in as a select employee group. You know, We'd be happy to serve your group as a SEG, but the groups that I'm currently working with, they're very specific and it's, they don't feel like they would get um, the attention or or really be able to build the affinity and that common bond by just being a seg of a billion dollar credit union. It does it doesn't make sense. And then there were even a few CEOs that said the unthinkable, which was, why would I want more competition? Why would I want to start new credit unions? And why would I want competition? And I thought, wow, that was stunning. For me to think that that had somehow we've gone from being, you know, a financial cooperative to let's not build anymore so that we I can get bigger. <laughs> right? It seems very uh, uh, kind of selfish and, and professionally um, unsavory, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, it it, it yeah, and as you mentioned, it, it's it's a little bit of a departure from what you know, what the beginnings of the movement are and, and the beginnings of the credit union movement are, there's nothing old fashioned there. It's all still valid. It's all still relevant. It's all still very much needed. Um, and, and yeah, there, 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 in, in, in a lot of it, there seems to have been sort of this divergence into, you know, let's into kind of the profit motive rather than the, doing good and, and move and it, it's not universal it's not everywhere but yeah it, it it is a it is an interesting or not it's not interesting it's 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 a it's a it's something that's happened <laughs> and and, mm -hmm. and you know and then there are people like you going hey you know hey back here this is this is who we are you know this is what we're supposed to be doing and the groups that i've been working with so um i actually met some of these people through um Juan's, Juan Fernandez, he's the new CEO of the Credit Union Association in Mexico, but he started um, this last year during the virtual JC. he started a group called the Unscripted Happy Hour. Mm -hmm. And Juan is a cool guy and he, he knows all the cool people. And so I got invited to that. And in my very first, it was unscripted, right? And so my very first one that I attended, we'd get into these breakout rooms and just kind of talk about whatever we wanted to talk about. And so just for fun, I brought up, hey, how about we start new credit unions? And it was amazing because there were a couple people in that group that were already like thinking about it or kind of in the early, early stages. But I got many of them fired up about just the whole cause of it. And, and again, they couldn't believe, you know, that that there this isn't happening. So many people just don't realize that we're not starting new credit unions. So it's evolved into now every other Wednesday, we have it tonight, um, we're calling it the De Novo Support Group. We don't have a better name yet, but we have <laughs> a group of people who meet every other Wednesday. We meet after work because they're all volunteering their time. But the three groups that are trying to form in, in this group is um, the LGBTQ Nirvana Credit Union, is what they're calling it. Um, wow. Yeah, and then historically black colleges, Gary Perez at USC Credit Union has a real passion for getting a historically black college credit union, like a national um, type of a charter. And then this other one is previously incarcerated people and their families. And I've learned so much from these three groups. And again, getting back to the whole SEG idea, these aren't SEGs, you know, these are common bond, good old fashioned people helping people 
you know, credit union, that bond, that common bond that so much of us has lost with community charters now. But when you are truly in the same situation, right? If you can have that affinity, you can identify with the needs. Like, let's say, the previously incarcerated. I learned so much about what a vicious cycle that is when they get out of prison and how they can't get a driver's license, they can't get a job, they can't get a bank account. And, and why is, are they usually end up, not you know, all, but many, many end up going back into the system because they can't get basic services. And so to start a credit union like that is amazing. And so then what happened is it's all evolved. And I, I have the honor of teaching at Southeast Regional Credit Union Management School at University of Georgia. I teach all three years. And I worked with um, Tom McWilliams of Mississippi League and Craig Percy, who's like the dean of the school. And I was telling him about this group. And so this year, my first year curriculum, they let me completely change it. I brought up all to about educating them about the de novo problem, right? I began with laying out the statistics and that we're disappearing. And then just for fun, I asked these first year students, how many credit unions do you think are being chartered in a year on average? And it was amazing. The lowest number they put was five. And some of them were saying, you know, 20 or 30. And that was an eye opener because I thought, I bet a lot of people think, oh, yeah, credits are still getting formed. <laughs> and they're not. Yeah. They're absolutely not. And so then each one of these groups got to present their case. And the um, first year project is normally just looking at their credit union and looking at their history and doing financial projections and on and on. So what they added to the first year project was kind of that revelation of if you were to start your credit union over today, what would you do differently? It's a powerful right? question. And, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was really kind of an honor that they allowed that to happen. We're going to build on it, you know, over the years. But um, this group is really dedicated. Our, our, our real mission right now, I'll tell you, is we need a clubhouse. Uh, that's the best way I can just describe it. We need like an online community like CUNA Councils has a really good um, online community. CUSENET has uses the same software where it's a like a private community. You know, you, you got to be invited in, but there's document sharing. There's a mentoring um, thing baked into it. Um, it's where people can almost like go and register and say, I am on this journey, right? And we want to build like a clear path to charter, right? And we've actually been working with the NCUA. They've been really cooperative. Um, they're very, very committed in making it easier. And so they've been wonderful. And we want to though have a clear, easy path where people can go to an online community, find like-minded people who are willing to help, but we don't have it. And, and, and as Sam Brownell, a CEO collaborate, he's part of the DeNovo support group. <laughs> he was talking the other day about a very small credit union that reached out to him that was struggling and needed some help. And he said, I know there are resources. We know all the resources now. We know where people can get help, who specializes in what. We, we know all those things. But as Sam said, it's not Googleable. So that's a new word. It's not Googleable. <laughs> it's not. And so when yeah. someone says start a new credit union, you know, or um, business models for new credit, any of that isn't Googleable. But if we had a central place where we could put all of this, then we're really looking at it being the sixth cooperative principle, volunteerism, cooperation among cooperatives, right? It doesn't have to be like a business so much as it is truly a new movement and what we're calling a growth engine. We want to create a growth engine for the future. And getting back to Randy Carnes, Randy Carnes has always, um, I don't know always, but for a very long, a long time, donated CU Answers, core processing services, all the services that CU Answers offers for free to a de novo for, I think it's two or three years with the caveat that they sign a contract. But he's really paved the way for, you know, a credit and service organization of saying, you know, we need to give back. And I know that's part of the CUSO challenge and, and NICUSO is still working on that is getting CUSOs together to help de novos overcome one of the biggest hurdles, which is financial when it comes to offering, you know, having a good website, having a good core processor, just the basics, right? It's super hard. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I learned from a lot of these groups, I learned this from a conversation with the NCUA. They said, you know, these people come in well-intentioned, but they come from these industries and they are passionate about the people helping people financial cooperative model. And yet they don't have any experience running a credit union. 
So the the heavy lift for them is writing a loan policy. You know, I mean, it's really like they've never done it. This isn't yeah. something that they can do. We do it all day long, right? Yeah. I mean, and one of the um, Clean Energy Credit Union, which is one of the few that got started, the uh, gentleman that I talked to from that credit union just offered, he said, we want to give all of our policies, procedures, job, everything that we had to f- complete for the NCUA to get open is pretty much boilerplate, right? For a startup credit union, they're all, it's not that different. And he said, we'd be happy to share those materials, but it's not Googleable, right? Where are those things? <laughs> I can get them to people, but wouldn't it be better if we had a storefront where people could go in and say, okay, I need help. And are all the new credit unions going to succeed? No. And I had a great conversation with someone at NCUA that said it really well. If we are so strict that we are afraid that a credit is going to fail, then we probably won't start any new ones because, of course, some will fail. Of course, they will. But many will succeed, and we need to give them all a chance, right? That's that's an amazing thing to hear from the government. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's some really, you know, Rodney Hood is really committed. Kyle Houtman is really committed. Um, they said it at the GAC. It shouldn't take, you know, eight years. I don't know if you heard Kyle. He's from the state of Maine. And I guess the last uh, new credit union that started in the state of Maine uh, took eight years. And he said, I know things move slow up here, but they shouldn't move that slow. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's super committed. And, and they've actually been been really nice to work with. That's great. Yeah, I remember being shocked a long time ago when I was uh, I was at a conference and Anyway, one of the speakers was an NCUA examiner, and we thought it was going to be basically hearing, you know, hearing from the the cops or something like that. But it was also, but it was really enlightening um, that his job was to help, you know, to help make the movement a success, as as to help people succeed, help credit unions succeed, um, and even you know, even when they need to take over, you know, running a credit union and make changes and so forth. You know, the first thing they start doing is, is, you know, helping them figure out marketing and making loans and, you know, start getting the engine running again, you know. So there was an eye opener like, oh, these, these aren't the, these aren't the scary people that the, the VPs are afraid of. These are, they want to. They want to help. There's some good humans there. You know, the other thing that um, we're really concerned about with our de novo, when we've had two very small credit unions um, now work with us that need help. And for all intents and purposes, one of them really is a de novo. And, you know, and that they just have basic, basic, basic services and, and they need to grow. Right. And, you know, we look at some of these small ones. I get so angry when everybody dismisses a credit union merely by asset size. Right. That if you're not a certain asset size, you're not going to make it. I will argue that till I am blue in the face because I I know so many CEOs of small credit unions in communities where they are doing the Lord's work. Right. They know their members. They're helping their members. I started my career in a small credit union, so I will always see the power of of that common bond. You know, the power of truly knowing your members, listening to their stories, giving them opportunities, having them um, pay back loans early, the loyalty that was built in there. It's just, I mean, I get all choked up sometimes when I think about some of the work that, you know, I've been blessed to do in my career and the fact that we can't lose that because if, if we disappear, you know, what are the options for a lot of Americans? What are the options? Well, Fargo is not going to help them. Bank yeah. of America is not going to help them. And so, especially in the wake of, of COVID and the pandemic, and I think now more than ever, the financial cooperative model is going to resonate with groups, again, with that common bond that truly are going to benefit from working together, helping one another, um, rather than you know, just being at the mercy of what they currently have, payday lenders and check cashing and, you know, all that. Yeah. Speaking of that, I have to do my little segue to QCash and tell you why I went to work there. Because <laughs> yeah. QCash Financial, it's a QSO. It's wholly owned by Washington State Employees Credit Union. I've known about it um, since I heard about it through Filene Research Institute. And I did see Ben Morales, um, the original uh, founder, I guess you'd say, of, of QCash, he presented at the um, NACUSO Next Big Idea competition. He was one of the finalists. So I knew a bit about it. I knew their, their mission. They were very mission-driven. Um, and, and what they provide is they have a like a small dollar lending platform. 
that is fully automated. And in six clicks and 60 seconds, a member can get money they need when they have like a, a financial emergency, right? And some credit unions do these small dollar loans, but they do a manual. And so about half the loans they approve actually get funded because people are dealing with an emergency, not when the branch is open. But the real key about QCash financials, they don't use FICO to score. You know, and we become, FICO is the law, right? FICO is the Bible. FICO drives all our credit decisions. And yet FICO is um, has a disparate impact on minorities. And a lot of people cannot qualify for a loan under current, you know, guidelines. So instead of FICO, we look at the member relationship. Can you imagine? We actually integrate with their core. We look at how long they've been a member. What services have they had? Are they a member in good standing? Um, ACH deposit is proxy for income. And we we do it the old-fashioned way, kind of a character capacity collateral. We look at the human being and their membership. And so I I couldn't say no to that. And then the CDFI Rapid Response Program grants came out. A record number of credit unions got grant money, and that grant money covers the cost of implementation and possible loan offices for the QCash product because they see that that is a tool for financial inclusion which I know is a huge mission for credit unions right now, as it should have always been, but even more so now of really serving the underserved, look at, look at the banking deserts that are out there. You know, it's large banks are pulling out of small communities because they're not profitable. That's where credit unions need to be, right? And that's where I yeah. see de novos as a real opportunity is um, I read about one today. I posted it on LinkedIn. Um, there's a tribe that is... Uh, what there was a CDFI grant that went to this tribe, and now that tribe has seen the the wisdom in actually starting their own credit union, and their field of membership has been approved by the NCUA. But now they're in the hurdle of raising capital, right? And so they need that yeah. capital. But I posted on LinkedIn, so go check it out. There's a great video about it, and this is another de novo. That's not going to be served well as a seg, right? It's Native yeah. Americans. And they are yeah. very, very, I live on a Pueblo, actually. I live in the Cochiti Pueblo in New Mexico. And it's a very strong family with a rich tradition. And they're, you know, they do struggle financially, many of them. And the credit union model is perfect. People helping people. Yeah. It's perfect for them. Yeah. And with all these, um, and yeah, anyway, boy, I've got questions. Anyway, with all <laughs> these, um, yeah, one of the, one of the, one of the common threads is, um, is, and one of the things that's very important to keep in mind is this is also good business. This is sustainable. Nobody's asking anybody to, like, like you kind of have to make a leap of faith to to get the capital together, to get going and so forth. You know, that, you know, I guess some people have to do that and, and institutions and, you know, there, there's different sources there, but, uh, serving the underserved, you know, uh, finding a way to finding a way to make loans that are better for people than payday lending or whatever, or the title loans and so forth. You know, those, those can also be very good business. They can also, they can do a lot of good and at the same time be good business. And that's, that's, what's really interesting. Um, and de novos can, they're like a little scalpel, you know, they can do things and, mm -hmm. and have such, they can do things and go deeper into people's, you know, and, and, have a lost much stronger connection than you know seg number 387 right <laughs> yeah i mean i literally have seen credit unions with uh, close to 400 segs you know how how close can yeah. they be <laughs> right and and you know i worked at a credit union where i think when i came on board they had like 580 segs and yeah. one of the first weeks i walked into the ceo's office and i said so what's the goal <laughs> you know, like, and do we want a prize like i mean what's What's the goal? Because it felt like we were just going out there tagging deer. It's what I said. We go out there tagging deer, right? Mine, yeah. mine, 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 mine. And I, I so Julie, Julie Ferguson. I don't know if you know her. You should definitely interview her. But she's she worked with me at First Tech Credit Union many years ago, and she's got a, carved a really good niche for herself in business development consulting for credit unions. And she is a purist when it comes to select employee groups because she was around when they were brand new. And knew knew the power of kind of creating uh, a credit union within a credit union, mm -hmm. right? Ideally, if a seg is is big enough and different enough that you would 
truly treat it like a credit union within a credit union. And, you know, that that's one of the ideas for DeNovo's too. I know that Jim Blaine at Student Employees Credit Union, he did that. He helped, I think it was like three credit unions start. Chip Filson just talked about that on his blog, Just a Member. If you don't subscribe to Chip Filson's Just a Member blog, you need to. Everybody listening to this <laughs> needs to. But he talked have, about yeah. that. Yeah. And I mean, he's amazing. And, and that's another idea is... I mean, it's a bit complicated. I, I think it depends on what kind of core you're on. But um, he created the credit union within a credit union until they were sustainable, right? Yeah. Like almost like adopting them. And I think I heard Baxter Credit Union um, merged with Target or took Target employees in, but they are like a sub-brand of Baxter Credit Union. So they didn't, you know, Baxter's pharmaceutical, Target's Target. And so from a marketing perspective, that's brilliant, right? Let them keep their affinity, let them keep their common bond. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the more that we can do that, the better off we are. Because the so many credit unions, when they were allowed to go more broad with community charter, lives, works, worships in 100 counties, they just threw this giant net out and said, let's get as many people as we can. And then everybody changed their name to these generic names. And, you know, it just, it killed me. I've written a lot about this. Over the years, <laughs> but it killed me to see, yeah. you know, really venerable brands get kind of bastardized with almost a pharmaceutical sounding name, you know, these synthesized names. And it's just like, whenever I go to a event or I'm, you know, read something about someone, the first thing I do is go look at their about us. Like, who were you? I know you're generic credit union now, but who were you? <laughs> what uh -huh. was your story? Because <laughs> those stories need to be told, you know, and they're all beautiful. The, the upstart credit union stories are just lovely, lovely to read. Yeah. I uh, think we were talking earlier um, about, you know, everybody's got the cigar box story, you know, when they... <laughs> I've, you know, I've, I've heard several cigar boxes. So, oh yeah, we started in a cigar box in the cash and it was in the closet or the locked drawer and, and it was totally illegal, but we didn't know it. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing, you know, or we, you know, the, they, they loaned money to each other and just to get started and, and didn't realize that wasn't quite right. But yeah, there's well, a lot you know, of those really that... wonderful stories like that. Well, you know, the great thing about the cigar story, though, if you think back, um, back to, because I know several of them, and I don't know why it was always a cigar box, but um, it, there wasn't really anything illegal about it. In fact, there's nothing to preclude a group of people today forming their own credit union, right, in a cigar box. And it was trust, right? It was totally yeah. trust. And they had a paper ledger. There were no computers back then, right? They had a paper ledger. They wrote receipts to one another. Mm -hmm. You know, they kept the books. There was no insurance back then. Yeah. <laughs> they had, there, there wasn't any of that. And and it was amazing because um, people could do that today. They absolutely could do that. And it's, it's They wouldn't be insured. They would have to trust one another. When I was describing the concept of a credit union to a friend of mine, he was a graphic designer and really talented, and I wanted him to work on this project. And he goes, first of all, you got to explain to me. He goes, I don't know. I don't even understand what this credit union thing is. Explain it to me. So I'm explaining it to him. And he said the most brilliant thing. He said, oh, so it's like borrowing from your coworkers or your neighbors or your family, only in a less awkward way. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it, right? That's yeah. the purest <laughs> form of a credit union. Yep. It's less awkward. That's a, that's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I worked at that small credit union that I told you that I worked at $4 million in assets and it was, uh, we were in the front of someone's house, right? And we were across the street from the truck shop and we knew everybody, you know, somebody, our whole thing was a member would walk across the road to come, you know, to the, the branch, to the house on their break and we'd see them and all the account numbers were on a, a Rolodex, you know, God forbid we lost a card. It was hilarious. So we typed them on a Rolodex and we see Joe come in and we get his account pulled up. Cause we knew just first thing he wanted was his balanced, you know, take out $5 for lunch or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But when they would get loans, we actually said, um, okay, now Joe, you know, congratulations on your truck loan. And, you know, you're excited for this, but I, we need you to pay us back because your coworkers loaned you this money. We said that back then. So you need to pay it back because your co this is your coworkers money that you just borrowed. And it was beautiful. And, and then if somebody got behind on their payments, we'd pop their card and we'd put it front and center right in front of the house. And everybody knew whose car it was or whose truck it was. And suddenly those delinquent payments started coming back in again. You know, I mean, it was, but it was yeah. such a family and, and it was just such a cool, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that I got to experience that. 
you know, and that's yeah. what de novos are going to feel like. Yeah. And that's, that's something that can be, it, it can scale, you know, it can Absolutely. scale up. Um, mm -hmm. And you talked about Jim Blaine and Bl you're incredibly good at name dropping, which I'm not, but anyway, <laughs> uh, oh, I was a big fan of his. Uh, yeah. At, at, you know, uh, CQ was how many billion dollar credit union, but there's yeah. so many things that were, that were just like that, uh, where it was, it was still a community. It was still uh, people helping people and so forth. So, and even after he retired, it still is, it's really neat. Yeah. He's got such a strong culture and value system just baked into the DNA of that credit union that, you know, they haven't missed yeah. a beat as far as their purpose. Yeah. When I got to, when I heard him talking about, you know, bring us your mama or I think, yeah, I think <laughs> it was bring us your mama or send us your mama. Yeah. That was, I'm like, okay, that's, that's the most. He was at the water cooler. I think that he was at yeah. that water cooler. He was yeah. at the water cooler. And I, oh I vividly gosh. remember yeah. that. Yeah. It was and, so amazing. Uh, mm hmm yeah. Send us your mama and, uh, send us your mama. Cause that's how good we are. We'll take care of your he, mama. And then he talked about, you know, well, I don't spend a dime on marketing. And then he talked about all the things they do that sure smell like marketing and, and, but you know, anyway, I get advertising. He doesn't, yeah. He doesn't spend money on advertising. He doesn't need to, it's word of mouth, which, yeah. you know, that was my whole thing in 41 years. You know, I started in 1980 and very few credit unions had a marketing department. We didn't need it. The marketing department at that, um, $4 million credit union was the HR. When a new employee went to work, it was United Grocers Credit Union. When a new employee went to work at United Grocers on their first day, you know, they're sitting with HR. HR would tell them to go to the credit union and open up their account because that's where their direct deposit was going. <laughs> it was like, you didn't have to market. You know, I mean, it was just, it was yeah. that tight. Yeah. We really had to start marketing, advertising. And, you know, when we lost the, the sponsor, you know, and some of them, the sponsors definitely went away. I mean, I get that, but there were many critians that I say kind of cheated on their sponsor that was perfectly viable and created a community charter, had to drop the name. You know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's happened a lot. I wanted to go back to something you'd kind of like one of the things I think is, would be, is a really interesting idea is the idea of a established credit union adopting or helping kickstart a de novo credit union. Mm -hmm. um, so th there are a lot of reasons to do that. And yeah, talk about, you know, why would, why, why would a credit union want, I think, I think the how is, I think that's kind of obvious, you know, just sharing knowledge and, you know, and making mm -hmm. some arrangement to share systems and things like that. I've also seen mergers of equals where they kind of, the back end is merged, but there's two, two front ends. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a few times, but like I, I could really see a, a larger credit union or an established credit union getting a lot of benefit from starting, uh, you know, a, 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 some new niches and so forth where they're needed and so forth. So talk yeah. a little bit about that. So th there's a couple of things that our de novo support group has, has discovered over this one, you know, that would be ideal if you, it's just a matter of getting someone that would put in the work. Right. I mean, cause it's not easy. Yeah. And um, I wish Jim Blaine could tell us his secret. I'm sure there's enough people that know the story and were involved that we could actually get, you know, more details on that, which I think would be really interesting. The other thing is um, if there are small credit unions with a struggling charter, you know, I've seen a couple of those where, you know, the charters maybe needs to be expanded. It's not working for them. Sam Brownell at CU Collaborate, that's his specialty, is working with field of membership charter um, expansions. And as Sam said, he, he's worked so closely with the NCUA over the years that he knows how they think. He knows what they will approve, what they won't, or he's learning every day. And, and so um, the other thing is we're looking for opportunities where we might take a, um, a small struggling credit union that already has an established charter and, and either build upon it or, you know, perhaps tweak it. That's, you know, an opportunity. And then I did hear um, from Sarah Bang at NCUA that if a credit union merges so let's say the two credit unions merge, like Exceed and Connecta. Um, Connecta is the, I don't know what the term is, but they're the, not the winner, but the, you know, the, the end of the merger credit union. I don't know what the politically correct <laughs> phrase is, but the winner. And Exceed, um, their charter, though, however, still exists, as I understand it. Yeah. They're just no longer using it. <laughs> and so we've been, and there's a couple that have, and it's funny, um, there's a couple that have recently merged that have, uh, very broad names, 
you know, kind of like an exceed that's kind of a good name, if you will, for more of a broad cause that might be a viable solution. We're going at it from every angle. I'll tell you what, we really are. <laughs> and that's when I was a filing I3er, that's one of the things I learned from being an I3er is when you identify a problem, come up with a problem statement that begins with how might we. And so we came up with the DeNovo Support Group, how might we help small credit unions start? Not can we, or is it smart, or should we? How might we? Which mm -hmm. isn't, we're going to do it. And we're finding all these different ways that we're, you know, and we want that clubhouse. I keep saying that. So if anybody's um, big QSO wants to help sponsor that for us, listening that just thinks, you know, I would like my name on that. Um, we'd be happy to talk to you. <laughs> all right. Little, Was that shameless enough? Th yeah. Throwing a little shameless. Yeah. There's you no, know, you cannot have any shame. <laughs> now when it comes to this, this is a, yeah. a worthy cause. Yeah, and one one thing I think it would help. I think it would help me envision things. I think I'm I'm getting the idea. I have a pretty good strong idea, but here, but I think one thing it would help a lot of people is to talk a little bit more about some some examples or some uh, some some examples of things that DeNovo could do for a specific audience or a specific, a specific group with this, you know, the common bond. What's something a DeNovo could do that you know, that a, you know, being seg number 401, you know, could not do. Um, and I, you know, I can envision, yeah. I can envision quite a few things, but. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's, that's kind of tricky. One of the other difficulties in starting a de novo currently with the NCUA charter is um, they're not allowed to do a lot of things right out of the gate. But I, and I was talking to, um, someone at the NCUA recently, and we were talking about, does a credit union really need to be full service to survive? I mean, aren't there enough credit cards out there already? Does a DeNovo need to have a credit card product? Right? Yeah, I was, I was really, yeah. And that's a point I was going to get to later is uh, people are frightened of the rise of, of, fin, of fintechs. I hate the, I hate the, the word, but you know, the financial technology, so forth, but that there's also an opportunity in that fragmentation because people, hmm. it happened a long time ago with credit cards. You know, people, even your most dedicated members probably have a credit card somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, some credit unions are just drop credit cards. I've seen several do that. Just, some again, sold their whole portfolio. Yeah. yeah. Sold it off or, you know, they Fake don't the even cash. bother with it. And so there's the opportunity there is to be part of people's lives without having to be absolutely everything to them. Um, now, and again, you talked to, in your blog article, which I think was earlier today, maybe yesterday about that's uh, the myth of the PFI. Yeah. That, yeah. that may be changing with technology and with people getting used to having this, they're building, they're sculpting their own financial life. As long as you're in there somewhere in a, in a mm -hmm. nice central spot, Hey, and, and so that's, yeah. that's, that's one thing. Yeah. Well, and that was what, it, yeah, the CU Insight published my blog today about debunking 40 years of credit union myths. Yes. And one of them was, there was always this relentless pursuit of being the primary financial institution. And, you know, early on, they were like, got to get the checking account because then we're their PFI. And I remember mm -hmm. even then thinking like, what guarantee? I mean, it was, it was a little more relevant back then because they, weren't able, there was no Google, right? There was no, <laughs> there were, people didn't have the information that they have today. And so there was more of a tendency to kind of put everything in one place, but that is so not the case anymore, right? I mean, no household, they're not, have, households don't have the conversation. Hey, honey, where should our primary financial institution be? That doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, so it's become this weird kind of credit union goal. And yet if you look back, credit unions weren't even allowed to offer checking accounts until 1975. Right. And I started in 80. And so many, or I worked at the Oregon Credit Union League early on in my career too. And, you know, that was kind of like the beginning of checking accounts and credit unions. I, I bet a lot of credit unions will look back now and say, why did I even, why did I even add that? It's pure expense. <laughs> right. I mean, and it's, uh -huh. it's a headache yeah. and then you have to keep adding services to stay in the game. And, and then it's just, you know, it was not a PFI, it's not a PFI indicator anymore. And I'm a very unprofitable member, I think, at three credit unions right now. I apologize to those three credit unions, but I am. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because what credit unions were chartered to do was to make loans for provident, productive purposes 
and to um, encourage people to promote thrift. That's what we were chartered to do. That was it. So if you look at it, if you peel that away, it's a savings and loan, right? We're yeah. meant to help members save, keep, you know, financially counsel them and to live within their means. And when they need to borrow that they, we have affordable, fair, accessible lending products for members. And so for a de novo, where they can get into the specialty um, that I'm learning is if you take those three groups, right? Historically black college, LGBTQ, and then previously incarcerated. And you're just going to open a credit union where we can offer savings products and, and basic loan products. That'll serve all three of those groups really well. But they all have really different circumstances, right? Different mm -hmm. needs, different stories. And, and they don't have to be full service to, to survive. They just have got to get their doors open. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> they just have to get their doors open. A, a, a door, <laughs> yeah. a door. They have to get the one big door open. And so again, it, you know, it comes down to that capital raise. And mm -hmm. you know, it was interesting today because I, I I love Cusos. That's why I, I spent five years working with Nacuso and with the marketing contract. And I got to meet that. I didn't know a lot of that network, and I love Cusos. You know, they're just such a perfect example of the six cooperative principle, cooperation among cooperatives. And we've got some big, you know, PSUs, the co-ops, all these folks, I, I got to meet them and and they're good people. And NCUF and, you know, I'm looking at like some of the investments that people are making into fintech and, and I, it's all great for the future of credit unions. But then I thought, could there be like, you know, there's credit unions for kids, which I love, 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 big supporter maybe there needs to be a credit unions for credit unions, uh -huh. right? Where we have a fundraise and that, you know, QSOs who have money, you know, they're a for-profit entity, and but their QSOs will go away if credit unions go away. If there could be like a credit unions for credit unions where people could donate, credit unions could donate money because here's the deal. To get the capital, it's truly got to be a donation. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, a, but if a credit union needs a million dollars, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot of money. But when you're a, a small group trying to raise it by pounding on doors, that's why it's taking five years. Uh -huh. And they're they're going to their, you know, their field of membership trying to drive, get this money. A very few credit unions have, you know, a sponsor that has that kind of cash. You know, they've got sponsors that might give them uh, office space or, you know, some help. But just to flat out say, here's a million or two to get you started is, is again, according to the NCUA, Martha Ninichuk, I talked to her, she's wonderful. Um, but she said, that's the heartbreaking part, you know, and, and we can't really help them with that. Uh -huh. So, but if we had like, you know, credit unions for credit unions, if we as a movement, you know, we, we support NCUF and all those are, are worthy and wonderful. But I think, you know, if we have this, we get this clubhouse unless you can think of a better name. I just keep calling it the clubhouse. But if we get <laughs> this <laughs> online community and maybe that could be, a, a, it needs to be an element of it. You know, um, the mentoring, we've talked about that we want two types of mentors, professional mentors, you know, executives, uh, q management school folks, DEs, I've reached out to all of them who can just help with policy writing and all the, you know, the nuts and bolts of it. But then we also need financial mentors. And mm -hmm. like the Randy Carnes, who's willing to give free services, you know, that is like an in-kind donation that's going to save them money. But we don't have a central place. Have I mentioned that? <laughs> Get together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's our mission right sense? now. We're, we are talking to some people. We are actively, you know, kind of shopping that idea around with some folks. But I, I do want to say if anybody listening to this has some ideas to you know, or some contacts, because I think that's going to make all the difference for this growth. For it's not, we don't want this to be a one and done. You know, these three credit unions, I'm not going to feel like this is a victory when these three credit unions get started and then say, look what we did. You know, there they are. It's not yeah, enough. Gonna... You know, we, we should add a hundred in the next five years minimum. Yeah. We, we really should. Yeah. And there's so many, I don't know. I wrote an article years and years and years ago I wondered when we would see the first credit union start based on some sort of virtual common bond, you know, people who yeah. play a game or people who are into old motorcycles like me, um, people, you know, and there's a little bit of that when you mentioned the LGBTQ credit union, um, mm -hmm. obviously that's worldwide everywhere. Um, but 
you know, there's something, something like that, you know, this is, this is a different common bond, different kind of common bond. And so that's that because geography doesn't matter nearly as much anymore. So that's one, yeah. what's well, one point in the favor, you know, they, well, and I'll tell you, you bring up a good point because none of these de Novers are, are looking at brick and mortar. Yeah. Right. Which actually is, is, is smart. And that's the best thing about COVID, right? We had to close, we had to close the doors on the brick and mortar. <laughs> so <we all laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, so you, now figured, you had to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, yep. yeah, spending, yeah, spending money on office space and so forth. And, you know, that, that can, you know, as long as you have a place for the cigar box, uh, virtual cigar right. box. And the door should, the drawer should lock. I think that was a good point you made earlier. It should be a locked drawer. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny because some of those stories, um, in the Los Alamos schools credit union up in Los Alamos, New Mexico, I was, they got a new building and they were always, and they're about 30 million, super successful credit union, by the way, at 30 million. And they will, there was no reason for them to merge with anyone. They serve the Los Alamos school district, which is a fabulous school district and LA, as we call it in New Mexico, that's our LA, Los Alamos is, is <laughs> yeah. a great town. You know, the labs are up there. I mean, it's great. Anyway, um, he got a new building for, and they used to be like in the school and his old office had no windows, had no light of day for like 30 years. So they got a new building and they have windows and he was giving me the tour and he was so proud. And in this one room was the kitchen table where the credit union started and they still have <laughs> the kitchen table. Is that not oh, yeah. amazing? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The kitchen table, the cigar box, the you know, the mm-hmm. pictures of the of the uh a lot of times it'll be like here here's the pictures of the the secretary or whoever you know actually took care of the books and uh, and every friday you know she'd be making stacks of cash for people and it was Mm -hmm. yeah it it, it's it is and again that's a totally a side topic but it is really cool and that there's that pride uh comes across you know and and it should be carried forward it should be remembered it should Mm -hmm. be preserved um, one other thing I want to mention about, um, mm-hmm. and this is Juan Fernandez's idea, and I love it, that we had a merger happen in New Mexico this last year that really shouldn't shouldn't have happened. And it was a very small credit union in very rural New Mexico. Most of our small credit unions here are rural. Mm-hmm. And when the CEO retired, they had trouble finding recruiting a CEO and I don't know you know what channels they went through probably just you know board of directors did the recruiting and and they really they couldn't find anyone and so they felt like they didn't have a choice but to merge and and um this wasn't on Juan's watch it didn't happen when he was there but when he came back he's like you know that just shouldn't happen and yet this it does happen we heard that more more and more we're hearing that story that a small credit union and a viable credit union feels like they have no choice but to merge because they can't get a CEO to move there and then Juan's idea was, well, we've got all these programs like the DEs, right? The credit and development educators. We've got the crashers. Have you seen those crashers? Passionate kids <laughs> who want to make credit unions their career, right? We've got CUNA management schools, all four of the schools that have, you know, people in various stages of their career, but that are committed to, to making credit unions better and their careers. But it's not Googleable. <laughs> this is one of those other things that if yeah. we had a place where the small credit union could go to recruit, yeah. and we're tapping into those groups, right? We're tapping into them. Imagine if we had a system where we could put some young credit union professional in a little $3 million credit union in, you know, wherever New Mexico for a couple of years, right? They get all, because I'll tell you, the small credit union CEOs, those are the, the real, you know, the real heroes because they have to do everything. They have to oh, know yeah. everything. And, and they don't have an admin and they don't have a bunch of departments. I mean, they're opening a teller window. They're doing a loan. They're cleaning out the toilet. They're doing it all. But you learn so much. And that's what I learned to that $4 million credit union because I did. I had a teller drawer. I did loans. I did collections, which is not advised to do the loans and be a collector because the first time someone filed bankruptcy, nobody got a loan for a while because I was so hurt. (laughs) 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 I felt betrayed, but it's, you learn so much. So it's like, if we had a program where, you know, two years, or if they decide I want to build this, I want to stay here. I want to build it. Or they rotate another person in, you know, and they get that life experience and then they can move up and get into, you know, management. It just seems like um, there's such a missed opportunity uh, with all these other program, wonderful programs that we have going, um, that that's another 
resource we could tap into to save these small credit unions from having to feel like they have to merge. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you do see, um, yeah, a lot of times leadership at small credit unions were just the people who were there and it would be really interesting. Yeah. To, to go out from the other direction, people who have the training and education and, you know, need to need to go to, you know, they've been to boot camp, I guess, and maybe they, I don't know, that's a good analogy, but, you know, yeah. they, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. rather than, you know, there's also, exactly. you know, there's also, there's a lot to be said for learning on the job, but yeah, there's also, but yeah, I, I've heard that uh, a few times where there's a merger because, you know, the, the leadership is falling apart or left and, you know, and, and, and so we don't know how to run the place. And it's like, well, they're, you know, there are all these people in training. <laughs> That's a that's a great it's idea. Better matching them up, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and again, you know the the three million four dollars, you know those those the the smaller ones and so forth, and it could really lay the groundwork, and and who knows, they may fall in love and stay. You know, no, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. New Mexico is beautiful. Yeah, it, it oh it is. <laughs> I don't think I've been to 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 your area, but I've you know I've been to Los Alamos and Las Cruces and and spent a lot of time in Española, things like that. You know, so been up and down the. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think we're probably about out of time here. We've covered a lot of territory and you've, you've mentioned a lot of names that I need to look up. So I'll probably be getting back with you on some, some of these. <laughs> yeah, they some, are Google. You can Google some, those people. Some question. They're all rock stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically uh, it, it has been amazing. I think, I think we've covered a lot of territory there and I really can't thank you enough for sharing your time with me. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to start a de novo podcast, I guess you could call it. So <laughs> I'm really glad you're right, yeah. as soon as I as soon as I got into hold of you, you're like, oh yes, absolutely, and so forth. Um, you meant you know, you're working for QCash and so forth is uh, and and you're pretty Googleable. So just look for Denise Wymore and Credit Union and you'll find the right Denise Wymore, I think. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those social channels too, under Denise Wymore. I didn't okay. do anything clever. Just my name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're you. You're pretty easy to find and so forth mm -hmm. um, and so forth. And uh, and obviously people can find me and the rest of the Ideas Incorporated uh, gang at uh, cuideas.com. That's cuideas.com. Uh, we, we do a lot of blogging. We have years and years of blog articles on a lot of these related topics. Uh, Denise and I have bounced ideas back and forth for for a long time. And a lot of these things are very close. You know, we're very passionate about credit unions and uh, a lot of these things are very close to my heart as well. And if anybody has feedback or if you have good ideas of your own, or you would like to be a, be a guest on good ideas, uh, all my contact info is on the website. Um, and I would like to just say thanks to Denise and thanks to anybody watching and listening, uh, taking your time with good ideas. Let's get out there and uh, let's do good with, uh, with good work. <laughs>